0: Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as This is a family-friendly podcast! Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of Life, Leadership, and Living the Faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that, follow the link, like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher Podcast community, go to punchandpreacherpodcast.com, find the link, submit your email, and if you don't like the podcast, just let me know. And we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day.
1: Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I think that's the Truman Show thing. I don't know. Welcome to Punch Pritchard Podcast, episode number eight. Um, this is like probably the 18th time I've tried to film this tonight. I'm not joking. Um, it has been a grind the last little bit. So number one, thank you to everybody who checked in. Um, yes, this is a day late. I know that. I would love to attribute this to the subject matter. Uh, being a failure and we're going to talk about that and all of its wonderful glory here in a minute um listen this is just good old-fashioned adhd i need to do an episode on adhd when i get to it but at any rate guys um thank you for those who checked in um to those of you who didn't check in pay attention no i'm just joking hey um Glad to be here with you guys. We, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Had church camp, um, did senior high for church camp last week, did all that teaching, and then this week I got the little kids. Um, Many of them are mine, but uh, wow. (laughs) So just been busy, but uh, looking forward to the subject matter of the day today. Couple years ago, I, uh, I hopped on Instagram, I was bored one afternoon and I hopped on Instagram and I did just a couple of stories. And one of them that like went nuts was I had done just a little one minute talk on how to celebrate failure, like how to fail gracefully. And the feedback from that was so crazy. Literally, that was the idea for this podcast, uh, a little over two years ago now, uh, came from that. And um, I just really felt that it, it hit a nerve and I thought, you know what, there's some stuff to say. And it was time to talk over failure. This has been a tough episode to record. Um I've procrastinated on this one for a reason. I have pushed this off for a reason. And honestly, that reason is just because it's sensitive. It's this is hard stuff. I've had to do a lot of reflection. I've had a lot of my own failures lately. Um, personally, athletically,
0: you know, whatever. We all
1: have that, right? Um, Here's a couple of thoughts that, that I have, and I want to go over with you guys, is we, many of us who are watching this, we're, we're north of 40. I know you don't like to hear that, but uh, we're, we're a little bit over the, uh, the 40, and if you're not, you're close to it. You could argue that point all you want, but it's true. One of the kids at church camp came up to me yesterday morning, and she pointed at my beard, and she said, I know you're 63 years old. I'm I'm not 63 years old. She said, I know you're 63. I'm like, why am I 63? She said, you have white in your beard. We kicked her out. I mean, she cried the whole way, but whatever. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) That one stung a little bit. No, we, we would have grown up in an interesting generation. And where I'm going with that is many of our grandparents would have either lived through the Great Depression or directly afterward in the after effects of that, they also would have lived through World War II. When perfection was required uh, to survive as a survival tactic, you're talking about getting food on the plate, there's no margin for error. Uh, Keeping a roof over a family's head or whatever else, there's no margin for error. And that perfectionism, that transferred down a generation. And then you have our parents who would have grown up uh, just into some really wild stuff, probably in the 1950s, maybe late 40s. They had gone through a lot of stuff um, and then made it through you know, Vietnam and, and Korea before that and just getting into the 80s and just a lot of perfectionism is there. Many of us grew up in the 70s, 80s and 90s and um, perfectionism would have been something that's kind of followed us, right? Now, whether you've got a parent holding you to perfection standard or you've got an employer holding you to a perfect standard or you have... Uh, friends or colleagues or people at your gym and they just they look so good they're performing so well they're doing whatever why don't I look like that listen we have we have perfection problems now if it's someone else holding you to that perfection standard that's on them that is not on you if if it's a parent if it's a spouse if it's a a child whatever the relationship is fill in the blank man but uh, if they're holding you to that standard that's on them that's not on you you are not you are not bound to someone else's image of perfection because that's subjective. It's not It's not on you. I need you to understand that, okay? What I'm talking about is our own standards, holding ourselves to perfection and going through kind of like how we deem what perfection should be. Um, are you holding yourself captive to a standard that is unrealistic in your own inner dialogue? You look at yourself in the mirror and you're not perfect. <gasps> I have more gray hairs than I want. There's another wrinkle. My butt's big. I don't care what it is. Uh, For us men, is that one less hair or what's going on here, right? Um, The standards we have for perfection. Ladies, you have the same standards. Us men, we have our standards that we hold ourselves to. Y'all probably don't even know about. Um, It could be looks. It could be performance. Those of us who are in our 40s, welcome to midlife crisis age. It's fun. Um, We've got... We've got things that we we look at and we identify with, and we hold ourselves to a perfect standard. It's interesting, right? One of the things we do here on the Punch and Preacher podcast is we have a threefold belief system of what it is to be successful in this world. That is to be spiritual, to be sophisticated, and to be savage—absolutely, utterly savage. Successful men and women in Scripture are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage are some women in scripture who do some brutally savage things and it's just awesome i think uh we need to do an episode for for just the ladies uh in scripture here and talk about just strong women we need to do an episode on just the guys and talk about strong men and what is required that's that's got to be some stuff that's upcoming but anyway for now perfection you don't need to do it As we are people who believe it is important to be spiritual, sophisticated, and savage, the spiritual part is huge. Your inner dialogue says you need to look this way or else. You need to perform this way or else. You need to be this kind of parent or else. You need to be this kind of spouse or else, or you're a failure, or you're a failure, or you're not good enough, or you can't do that right. Who cares, man, that's your inner dialogue. No one, listen, no one is holding you to that standard. It's you. It's only you. People might be barking at. they don't know you. They don't know your context. You do. No one's holding you to that. It's you. We've got to have a serious confrontation with our inner dialogue. Now think about this. We're spiritual people. Christianity is a religion that is predicated on grace, literally cover to cover in the Bible. The beginning of Genesis literally starts off by saying, here's man and woman, they failed. Here's God's way to make it right the bible ends with the story of revelation for those who have the tenacity to keep on keeping on and following jesus and loving him here's heaven it was jesus that got you there you couldn't do it on your own cover to cover in the bible all of christianity all of scripture all of prayer everything that is remotely religious literally exists because you and I can't do it on our own and we need God to help us enter Jesus who did what we couldn't and got us into heaven. Cool. All of our faith literally is predicated on the fact that we can't do it and it's okay. Give your best effort. We live by faith and and all that stuff. Cool. Be active in that. Be on your routine. Do your disciplines. Be all that stuff. But listen, it's okay to fail. It's okay. to fail. I want you to hear this. It's okay. Your stuff in the weight room sucked this week. I've been so busy. I've not been in the weight room for a couple weeks. I've been boxing, but I've not been there, right? I hate it, but it's okay. I'll get back. I've had some some moments. I'm not the greatest dad that I I wish I could do better. I could beat myself up over it or I could learn from it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. All right. We, We have those avenues in life where we're just not the best and that's okay. It's okay. So, title of this episode is when you fail do this and what what is it that we're going to do right when I fail do what like what's the magic thing right all right so I want to take you to a piece of scripture and this is a failure but it's just kind of suffering and it's just like things not going right and that's the story of Job Job um Hebrew is such a cool language guys uh but it is it is hard and studied Greek in college studied Hebrew um Hebrew is it's, its a cruel body punch of language, man. It's, it's brutal. Uh, the Hebrew that is spoken today is not the same as ancient Hebrew. There are many differences and variances. Um, and when you look at a language, if it's the difference between Spanish, French, or you know, for, for my family, Russian, and English, and, and some of the things we've had to go through, it's not about the language, it's not about the words that are different, but it's the way that you say it. Is the sentence structure and the way that you go about it. One of the uh, one of the issues of language that we've had. We talk about failure. Here's one. Um, when we brought my daughter home from Ukraine, we used Google Translate because uh, she only five years old. She only spoke in or I'm sorry, uh, Russian for a little bit. So we would translate to her. So we break out Google Translate. And uh, one night she just wasn't going to bed. She was being difficult. And so we translated. And, uh, face gets real big as she hops into bed and it was just the weirdest thing. So we're like, what, what did we say to her? Right? Like what, what went down? So we reread, we translated it from Russian back into English to see like what, like we, we said, go to bed or you'll be in trouble basically. And so it comes back in, in, in Russian and translated as go to bed or we will feed you to the beast of the wasteland story. You talk about a failure. That girl was like, whatever. So we're sitting here thinking, what have we been telling this poor child, right? Languages are unique. They have their own, uh, their own nuance, so to speak, right? So Hebrew, it's tough, but it's cool. Book of Job is a story of failures. It's a story of suffering, but it's a lot more than that. Job is what identifies as wisdom literature. It is poetic in nature. So yes, it's a story, but it's a story given in poetry form. Job starts off by the angels are finding their way before the presence of God. And as the angels find their way to the presence of God, one angel in particular, the satana, Satan, finds his way. And he's asked, what are you doing here? i going to and from the earth. They know. So him and God ask each other some questions. And one of the questions is God saying, have you considered my servant Job? Basically, that's God serving Job up on a silver platter. And Satan says, well, he's only successful because you protect him. And this is all in Hebrew. We're reading it in English. And there's some stuff that's different. So God says, go do your thing. Don't kill him. At first he says, don't touch him. But then he later even relents on that. So he basically says, go after him. Just don't kill him. Don't don't really make it bad. So Job gets word that his kids are dead. Gets word that his money's gone. His wife, the woman who should be closest to him, turns out to be a total, total nuisance to him. Just curse God and die. Be done with this. That's great support at home, right? Everything about Job falls apart. So what we learn is this. When everything goes to crap for Job, he's sitting still. And he's just kind of chilling, suffering in silence, literally suffering in silence. He's got sackcloth and ashes, and it's a whole Hebrew thing of like when they would have really bad tragedy, they would like, uh, cut, or not cut themselves, but they would just, over their wounds, they would have ash over them, sackcloth, tear their clothes, and, and it's, it's not great stuff. He's sitting in silence, and his friends come, but they don't even give him good wisdom. They don't even give him good stuff. Even his friends speak stupidity into the situation and finally at the end there's a there's a young man who comes up his name is Elihu and he sits down with him and he gives a little bit of wisdom into this and then Job is sitting there saying I don't know why I suffered the whole thing they're asking why did these bad things happen to Job why did God let him go through a bad thing why did he fail all the stuff he didn't sin he didn't sin um this is actually a poem, but in Hebrew, they would have used a style of poetry called a chiism. Now, chi is a Greek term, not Hebrew, but it is a Greek term that would identify the CH that we would get Christ from, for instance, and they would have it as a symbol of an X. So in Greek, if you see X, it actually is a CH sound. So when you see Xmas, it's actually not blasphemous, true story. It's just another way of saying Christ in Christmas. Um, But uh, kai is about the X, which does what? It meets in the middle. So you and I will watch a movie, and we will watch Fast and Furious. And at the end of the Fast and Furious movies, Vin Diesel always has his family talk, right? Because at the end, we see the moral of the story is everybody gets along, and it's all about family. Okay, that's at the end. This is an American movie. In Hebrew, that lesson would have been in the middle, where the X crosses, for the kai for the X. So you read Job and you see that Job has just been through so many crappy things in life. He's endured so much. It's, it's all done. It's all over. And it's nasty. And here's Job wrestling with the fact that, what do I do? The moral of the story in Job is not that he got everything back. Cool. We're glad he did. You might not get your stuff back. For Job, it's different. For Job, it's what did he learn? what did he learn? When Job suffered, what did he learn? What are you learning right now? What have you learned in failure? i challenge you to do something here. We all have our resumes, right? You and I, we have two resumes. We have the resumes that we tell people, that we show people they have all of our successes and our finest moments in life. And then we have the resume Failures. The bonehead moments. Now, I wish I would have done this different. I wish that didn't happen. I wish whatever, right? When you fail, do this. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Because listen, without the failures, you won't be successful. We need the failures to be successful. We need to fail to be successful. We need to fail to be successful. When you fail, you have the resume to succeed because you have the learning credibility and everything else. You put me in a room with someone who says, I've done this and I've done that. Cool. I still respect you, but I respect you more if you tell me how you failed and route to getting there. I want to know what you did that sucked, that you learned from, that was broken, that didn't work. I want to know the things that you think you're a bad dad or you had a bad dad moment, you had a bad mom moment. Cool. Say it. Speak into it. What did you learn? What did you learn from those moments? The moments that just went absolutely haywire. What did you learn? How did you grow? What character did it build? Failure brings character. Michael Jordan even says the best. He says, listen, everybody looks at my my finals records and and I had these game-winning shots. One of them was against the Cavs, but whatever. It only defined and scarred our childhood as Cleveland fans, but whatever, right? But he says, listen, how many times did I fail at end-game shots that were in regular season games or other playoff games that didn't matter or whatever, right? LeBron had his failures. Muhammad Ali lost five times. Tyson lost six times. Holyfield lost a whole lot of time. He just kept putting himself out there, Right? Good athletes, good people with great careers. They lost. What did they learn? It is said of Evander Holyfield that as he would fight and he would have rematches, so he would lose, but then he would have a rematch. Maybe it's Lennox Lewis. Well, he didn't lose to Tyson, but maybe would make his ear bit off. (laughs) Anyway, when he would lose, right, he would come back stronger. Every time, if he had a rematch, he would lose and come back. He would have those moments where he would literally Come back stronger, learn. What are you learning in the failure? Celebrate failure, learn from failure. Grow through failure. Crush it when you go back to it. I had a moment that I failed, failed. I was in high school and I um, I was a number one seed in our sectional tournament. It was just by luck. It wasn't that I was a great athlete. It was just luck of the draw. Um, I just happened to have the better record than some of the other guys there. It wasn't that we were all great competition, but I, um, was number one seed and I'm in a semifinal match and you know, they take the top so many people, you advance the districts, then you go on a state tournament and whatever else. Right. So I'm here and it's the semifinals and I'm in my regular routine. I stand up. It is, it is the easiest thing in the world. I stand up. The second I seemed up, my knee popped. I mean, it popped and it was ugly. I'm hopping around one leg the rest of that match. I lose. Shouldn't have lost. Shouldn't have lost. But I did. I failed. Everything from that failure put my life on a course that I could not anticipate. Went to a different school. No longer was going to play college football. I was going to go to Malone. Now I'm not going to. I'm going somewhere else. And there's no football program. I'm just going to the wonderful world of academics everything for me fell apart that failure set my life into motion decades later I'm telling the story and as I'm telling the story there's this guy who's in the room and he's looking at me all sorts of smirky like and I just wanted to smack that smirk off his face and he says "Uh, where was that match he says was that in 1998 yes I'm that old I said, uh, yeah. He says, was that Maslin Jackson High School? Yeah. (laughs) Was his name, and he inserts name, yep. And he reaches out his hand, he says, hi, I'm that guy, the guy that I had my great mistake with. Decades later, we're in class together, we're talking, we're sharing, we're doing whatever. Good friend, good dude, that failure of mine, shaped my life but it shaped his too god's using your failures our christianity our faith is predicated on failure learning from it growing from it knowing that you're not alone in it god is with you jesus is walking with you side by side through every failure and bonehead thing you make right it's uh sometimes frustrating i'm sure there are times he's like i did not just see that and leads us through celebrate your failures be okay with it give yourself grace give other people around you grace embrace it grow from it learn from it and just remember this there are times when you're walking down the beach and you look back and you see one set of footprints It's usually Jesus grabbing you by the neck and dragging you through the sand because in spite of your own failures, he's going to lead you to success. Celebrate failure. Learn from it. Grow from it. Go crush it. And just remember, guys, as you walk into next week, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Have a great week.
0: Punch and Preacher Podcast where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as Dad! This is a family-friendly podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of Life, Leadership, and Living the Faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that. Follow the link. Like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher Podcast community, go to PunchandPreacherPodcast.com. Find the link. Submit your email. And if you don't like the podcast, just let me know. And we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day.